She said, take him from a land down under Where women glow and men plunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today's guest, we've got Trevor Hildenberger of the New York Mets. Thanks for coming on, Trevor. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I guess first things first, could you talk to us about your story on on changing your arm slot, how that came about? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I changed my arm slot in college uh, at the end of my junior year. I played five years at Cal, and so it was the end of my third year, um, and I hadn't pitched very much the first three years. I think I had 12 innings combined. Um, I just wasn't very effective. Uh, I was pretty flat, fastball, um, no off speed. I could really throw for strikes consistently. So, um, um, yeah, end of my junior year, I'm waiting to throw a bullpen midweek and the guy ahead of me is throwing his and he's got the wrong practice jersey on. And so my coach notices it and says, you know, why are you wearing number 37? You know, when I, when I picture number 37, I picture a corner hitting outfielder, like power guy. Um, and so I don't picture like a left-handed crafty starter. Um, and I said, okay, what do you picture when you see number 26, which was my Jersey number? And he said, Oh, well, there was a, a side armor from UCLA who, threw t- who uh, was number 26. And actually there was another guy from Washington who threw side armor. He was also number 26. And he looked at me and said, you know, have you ever thrown that way? And I said, no. He said, all right, step up. Try it right now. We're going to see how it goes. Um, so I threw my bullpen sidearm and it felt natural. It felt, I, you know, I wasn't hurting or anything. I was around the strike zone. I was probably like 83 to 85. And he's like, all right, if you, you know, go off to summer ball, go through some growing pains, like really take this seriously. Um, if, and if you come back and you can throw strikes like that, you're going to pitch, you're going to contribute. Cause if you can throw strikes 85 with movement sidearm, which is just going to happen naturally in college, like you're going to play that gets out, that gets ground ball. So, and at that point I was willing to do anything, whatever it took to compete at the D one level. So I went to summer ball. Uh, I took like my diet and weightlifting seriously for the first time, uh, put on some weight. So I added some velos, like 86, 88. Um, change up came first before my slider, really. Slider took like six to 12 months to find. Um, but yeah, that was that was how how it started. Any any mechanical tips that you'd have for, for low slot pitchers? You know, I thought something that helped me develop velo was not only long toss, but hitting fungos. I thought like the... the repetitive torso um, hmm. twisting and firing the hips without stress on your arm, something you could do without, you know, putting stress on your forearm or your shoulder or anything, just hitting fungos as hard as you can, swinging as hard as you can, super light bat. Um, so I used to hit ground balls all the time um, in college BPs. And I thought that that helped me develop velocity, helped me have that um, rotational power that allowed me to, to, uh, to be successful. 
Does, does that include fungal golf? Yeah, I played fungal golf. <laughs> I wasn't very good at it, but I could hit ground balls pretty well. <laughs> Don't know where they were going. What would you tell anyone that's maybe just changed their arm slot or maybe debating on changing their arm angle, just maybe from like a mental perspective? Uh, treat it seriously. I think that it's not like a joke or a gimmick or means you've like failed as a pitcher. I think in college people, myself included, thought it was like a demotion, like, Oh, you're not good enough to throw over the top. Like you got to do this like tricky deceiving type uh, delivery, but, but really it's just a, another way to get hitters out to upset timing, to help the ball move, um, to give hitters a different look and uh, to be patient. You know, it took me, legitimately like i went to summer ball that that year and i was terrible i mean i think i had like a seven era in like 20 innings just because <laughs> yeah i started out you know leaning towards third base i'm right-handed so leaning towards third base more and more and so my head you know you're pitching your whole life your head is upright and when i started tilting farther and farther my head you know tilted with my shoulders and i lost all concept of the strike zone i had no idea like when to release the ball, uh, you know, if it was a strike, I didn't know why I couldn't repeat my delivery mm. just because it was so unfamiliar. And so that body awareness, that proprioception takes time. So really be patient with it and know that it's going to be a struggle and you're not going to, you know, be lights out immediately if you just switched or if you're thinking about switching off speed comes with time. Like I said, it took me six to 12 months to find a good slider that I could consistently throw first strike uh, and i'm still perfecting my slider and i'm you know eight or nine years down the road from switching sidearm i'm still working on new grips and to be consistent with it so it's it's always a work in progress and some of that sounds like you were still trying to figure out your arm slot too right so the slider is not going to just happen right away either right i was figuring out how low i was going to go yeah. you know some a pitching coach in summer suggested I, you know, go Chad Bradford, like knuckle scraper. <laughs> and I just couldn't do that physically. Like I had no idea what my body was going to do to be able to get me down there. So I ended up feeling like I was throwing below, you know, parallel to the ground. I thought I was below that, that perpendicular um, arm saw, but I was really like low three quarters. And so I, my body just wasn't used to like let, letting the ball go out there. So eventually I came to a place where I was comfortable. Was there any, uh, any sidearm pitchers that you kind of watched while you were dropping down for the first time or kind of emulate a yeah. little? Yeah. Yeah. They have this, I mean, when I did it in 2012, it was, I searched Joe Smith, um, and, um, Dan Quisenberry from the Royals in like the eighties. Yep. Darren O'Day. Um, you know, guys have been doing it a long time really successful careers at the big league level um, and, and watch their mechanics. And, and Joe Smith is a guy who kind of like hops towards third base at the end. Um, some guys come up and stand right up. Like there's a guy named Ryan Thompson on the Rays right now who, who has a really um, different finish than I do. Uh, but there was, there's this thing MLB film room now that you can look up any pitch thrown in the big leagues like the last like three or four years which wow. is super helpful if you're any guy who's trying to emulate somebody in the big leagues like you can go watch every pitch they've 
they've thrown in the big leagues for the last three or four years, which is, and it's helpful for me because I watch my old mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have many uh, sidearm submarine teammates? Yeah, I had a couple. There was a couple guys in college that, that switched after me and tried to make a go at it um, because of injuries or whatever, like their shoulder really didn't feel right when they were thrown over the top and then throwing sidearm at a lower arm slot, like they felt fine. Um, and then there was a guy in summer ball who went to Gonzaga who was throwing sidearm and he actually helped me develop uh, a sinker grip. Um, and then coming through the minor leagues, sure. There's a, a couple guys in the twins organization who were throwing sidearm. Um, so yeah, you see them all over the place. And then I guess what, what would be your favorite part of pitching from down there? Um, it used to be that I could, add, you know, challenge guys in fastballs, fastball counts with fastballs and get them to, you know, roll over a three, one count. Like, okay, I'm just going to pipe a heater and he's going to ground out to the shortstop. That was in college and in some parts of the minor leagues, the lower levels, like I could do that. Now it's, that's not so easy if you, you know, <laughs> throw a, a fastball down the middle 2-0 in the big leagues like it's going to get hit over the fence no matter what so um no matter how hard you throw or how much movement you have so you you just got to be a little sharper and then could you talk to us a little bit trevor about your mlb debut yeah it was uh 2017 june 23rd uh pitched against the cleveland indians like the night before I was in Rochester, the Twins AAA affiliate, and uh, the manager called me in and said, you know, really trying to work on pace of play. Uh, you know, they're trying to implement this this pitch clock thing, and we just think you, you're taking too much time between pitches. You're cleaning your cleats, and you're getting rosin, and you're doing all these things. And I'm like, what is this guy talking about? This is like post-game in a game that I didn't even pitch in. <laughs> I was like – why are you busting my balls about this stuff? Like I, <laughs> I didn't even throw it tonight, you know? And he was like, well, you're going to have an opportunity to work on that in Minnesota. Like you're getting the call to the big leagues. And so that was a cool experience, especially because my parents were in town. So I got to tell them face to face. And then, so I made the trip to Cleveland. I didn't sleep well that night. Probably got an hour of sleep. Oh, I bet. Uh, made the trip to Cleveland, napped in the hotel when I got there. Uh, you know, went to the field early, introduced myself to the manager, uh, Paul Molitor and all the coaches and, you know, was on my best behavior as a rookie. Uh, and then, you know, I think Irvin Santana started the game and pitched really, really well. Um, and we were up like five, nothing and going into the ninth and, you know, you're, you know, it's your first day and you know, like. I'm not going to pitch in like a one run game. That's just not how it works. Um, but is five runs enough to trust a rookie? Like also there's like a shutout going. Uh, are they going to trust me to like keep the shutout? Are they going to use somebody else? Eventually they called down and said um, to get me going. So I, I was warming up my heart pounding. And in Cleveland, the bullpens are uh, elevated. They're in like right center field and they're elevated. So I remember thinking like, don't trip going down the stairs, like entering this game. Do not roll your ankle. Do not, because going down the stairs in cleats is kind of awkward. Yeah, don't get hurt, like coming into your first game. <laughs> so uh, I made it down safely and I got to the mound and, you know, they kind of tell you 
the general sense is like, don't get overwhelmed by the moment. So don't look up and like, don't, don't look at all the stands and how high the stadium is. Cause it's like absurdly big compared to triple a ballparks, which only have one level. And I get to the mound and the catcher, Jason Castro looks at me. He's like, this is fun, huh? Like take a look around. And I look straight up at all the light stands and how many people were there. Um, but that was kind of a, a moment to take a breath and realize that like the home plate's still 60 feet, six inches away. And the bases are still 90 feet. Like it's the same game, execute your pitches. And these guys are still out. So, uh, I punched out my first guy, which was cool. And the next guy doubled. And then I got a couple ground outs. So I ended up having a scoreless first outing, um, which was good. And I'll, I'll never forget like getting a, there was a ground ball to first base and I covered for the second out and uh, Joe Maurer was playing first base. And so Joe Maurer flips me the ball and I'm like, you know, what the hell am I doing on the same field as Joe Maurer? That guy's my teammate. I really, I'm really in over my head right now, but eventually those feelings go away. And you made it down the stairs. <laughs> I made it down the stairs. Didn't get, didn't get hurt. Could you talk us a little bit? I mean, I guess you, you've battled some, some injuries, correct? Uh-huh. Or, or recently? Um, like the mental side of kind of coming back from, from an injury. Yeah. I hurt my forearm in 2019. I was, I was not pitching well in the big leagues. Uh, I got optioned down. And so I was trying to work on a few things and like really hammer out, you know, what problems I was having. So I was throwing a lot, um, on the side and, and in between outings in the games. And I think I just overdid it. Uh, and put too much stress on my forearm without, you know, taking proper rest. So that was frustrating because I, I felt so anxious to get back to the big leagues where I thought I belonged um, and proved that, you know, I was still a valuable contributing member of the team. Um, so to, to be sidelined and to not play at all um, for a few months and just like let it heal and then go to rehab in Florida and slowly – you know, get your strength back, get some fine tuning stuff back, um, is really frustrating. So I think, um, you know, being injured is not an easy thing, especially mentally, obviously the physical pain is not comfortable, but mentally not being there for your teammates, not being able to compete. Um, it really wears on a person. I think, you know, guys who come back from Tommy John, that's a grind. And anybody who does that is, uh, has accomplished a great feat, I think. Um, but eventually I, I got healthy enough to, to pitch again. And I pitched at the end of 2019. Um, and then I was ready to pitch again in 2020 and I've been healthy in 2020, but because of COVID and the Red Sox, uh, didn't invite me to the 60 man player pool whenever the season restarted. Um, I had just have felt like I haven't played baseball in a long time now, but my arm feels good and my body feels good right now. I'm ready to go. And then I guess for you, is it, is it going to be a little weird playing for a different organization this year? Sure. Yeah. You just, you make new friends and meet new coaches. I think, uh, sometimes that could be a positive thing being able to, um, just feel like you have a clean slate and to go out and prove, you know, you're a good pitcher and this is what I do. And, you know, this is how I attack hitters. Um, that can be seen as an opportunity. So I'm excited. I guess from a Canada, have you you've played in Toronto? I'm guessing, right? Yeah, 
three three trips to toronto have you played anywhere else in canada uh in summer bowl i played in Kelowna, uh british columbia i think gotcha was that that was in the west coast league yeah west coast league yeah yeah, no, I'm familiar with Cologne. I played there for a summer. It's pretty, yeah, definitely the West Coast League is a pretty strong league and it's... That's awesome. Uh, what what team did you play on in the West Coast League? I played for the Bend Elks. Yeah, they had... Yeah, that was uh, a great summer. Jacoby Ellsbury on their team the summer I was playing. He was a high school mm-hmm. senior. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. A very good high school senior. <laughs> yeah, they... He was, you know, before me, they stressed, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury played here and he's from here. They had a big poster of him outside the stadium when I played there. And then Trevor, I read an article um, before baseball, you were, you were looking at becoming a film critic. Yeah, I studied film and media in college. And um, when I graduated, I didn't know I was going to be drafted. So I was, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and Film critic definitely appealed to me. <laughs> yeah. I think since then I've realized that I don't want to do that. Um, but at, at one point, yeah, that looked appealing. What uh, What's your favorite baseball movie? Hmm. I feel like I've, I've been asked this question a lot. And I answer <laughs> it different every time, just based on how I'm feeling or what I've seen recently. But it's hard to go wrong with Bull Durham. Yeah, no, hundred you know, percent. Actually, I think Sandlot, just because I I watched it so young, so many times during my childhood. I think I'll go with Sandlot right now. And then Trevor, it's just our call to the bullpen here, ninth inning call to bullpen. Just going to be some random questions to learn a little bit more about you. Sounds good. I'm ready. Uh, favorite NHL team? San Jose Sharks, baby. <laughs> uh, favorite travel destination or somewhere you'd like to go or never been? Um, that's a good question. I'd love to go to like Greece and Greece. Italy, the Mediterranean, never been to the Mediterranean. All time favorite professional wrestler. I have no idea. I can only name a couple. So I guess Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, what is the capital of Canada? <laughs> uh, this is the only true or false we're wrong or right. Question. <laughs> I want to say, <laughs> no, I don't even want to answer because I know I'm wrong. Montreal? Uh, uh, no. What's the capital of Canada? Uh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Oh, the Senators. Yeah, the Ottawa that. Senators. That's all right. We're, we're like one for six on that question. So <laughs> I, you know, Americans are notoriously bad at geography, but I think I'm like an exemplary, uh, perfect example of that. I'm really bad with capitals and geography in general. Uh, if you could golf or have dinner with three famous people dead or alive, who would it be? I'm trying to like pick people from different walks of life. W.E.B. Du Bois. Um, Serena Williams. Charlie Chaplin. And then would it be golf or dinner? Dinner. Not a huge golfer. Uh, where where would you like to go? Jeez. Um, let's go for sushi someplace in Japan. Yeah, that works. And then if you could be an Olympian in another sport, what sport would you like to do? Summer or winter? Either or. Oh, uh, summer. 
And I think I'd like to be like a, a, a track athlete, like a high jumper or a, you know, a, a sprinter, something super explosive. And, um, it's like solitary, you like not a team sport. You know what I mean? Take on Usain Bolt. Yeah. <laughs> just get absolutely dusted by everybody else. But like, Hey, I'm at the Olympics. Like that's cool. Um, and then I've, I've got, you know, some European baseball background played on the British national team on the 2014 Gulf coast twins. Do you remember the name of the Dutch infiel- infielder on your team? He played third base. I can picture his face, but I don't remember his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, is it, it Ruar Verkirk? Yes, Ruar Verkirk. Yes. Did you have many? Uh, have you play, played with many Canadians in the twin system? I guess I'm trying to think if there there has been. Canadians. Um, when I was in the big leagues, you know, Justin Morneau oh, announced some of our games, and he would hung, hang around. Yep. So Justin Morneau. Um, uh, another Dutch player, it was Luke Von Mill. Yeah. He was in AAA when I was in like AA with the Twins, I think. Thanks for uh, coming on, Trevor. Good luck this season. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. She said, Do you come from a land down under? Where women glow and men plunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah. You better run, you better take cover. Yeah. You better run, you better take cover.